How many buildings have you designed over the course of your career? 40 or 50 buildings, major high-rise wow. buildings. Before you were a world-renowned architect, you were just someone who took a chance on yourself and decided, I'm gonna bet on myself and do something that I love to do. And who knows if it'll work, but I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna pour everything I have into this company, which is now FX Collaborative. So Dan, thanks for being here. It's great to be here and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I can't even imagine, like, if you didn't go into architecture, we'd have a very different city. Yeah, that's <laughs> a I never thought of it that way. Before we go any further, you must understand the magnitude of the man that I'm sitting across from. His name is Dan Kaplan, and he rarely, if ever, gives an interview. Dan is a founding partner of FX Collaborative, the architectural firm that has designed buildings all over the world, most notably in New York City. If you've ever been to Times Square, Penn Station, Hudson Yards, or even the Bronx Zoo, you've been witness to Dan's work. Today I sit down with Dan on the top floor of his latest masterpiece, One Willoughby Square. It's the tallest office building in Brooklyn. Join me for a special conversation with the extraordinary architect, Dan Kaplan. The entrepreneurial spirit is the cornerstone to the American dream, a beacon to all willing to weave their story into the fabric of our history. I'm Elliot Dweck, and this is From the Founder. I want to start with your childhood. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about your life growing up right. and what your family life was like. My mom, who was a big influence on me, was an artist and a designer. She grew up in Chicago and always was a bit of a misfit and at a young age really wanted to be an architect. And she wound up being the first woman to get into the industrial design program at the Chicago Art Institute. And during her studies, she said, well, maybe I should, I want to be an architect. But she then, uh, you know, had a bunch of kids, and, but it always worked and basically became an interior designer and had an interior design practice that she worked out of the house with like three or four people as employees but it was um it was cool for me as a kid to watch someone do work and like talk about i used to go with her to to sites and into the dnd &D building and you know really understand just from a very like when you talk about the founder like i got to i got to watch firsthand of founders uh, unfortunately she passed away very young from cancer but um but i but i still was you know, she was still alive when I went to architecture school, and I was like, oh, my three other brothers were docs. I want to be an architect. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because your dad being a doctor right. and your three older brothers yeah. becoming yes. doctors, right. and they all followed him. What do you, Did you ever think about what made you say, like, oh, the medical field's not for me? I think it was my just innate contrarian, like, oh, they're doing that, I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And also, I mean, yeah, I think I just gravitated to the arts and to, to design and just always loved it. And my high school chemistry teacher was a woman named Judy Fox and her husband was Bob Fox, who started Fox and Fowl. And I said, hey, you know, I hear your husband's an architect. Can I go and speak to him? And so she said, sure. So I took the train and I, I grew up on Long Island and took the train and I said, hey, you know, I'm interested in being an architect. You know, can I work for you? I had no idea. You know, I was like 16 years old. And uh, he goes, you know, that's not probably a good idea, but here's a brochure. You should really go to, Cornell has this summer program for architects. And uh, I was like, cool. Were, so you, I, were you one of the best? Yeah, so I had a real aptitude. I was like, oh yeah, I love doing this. And um, do, do you think it's because of your mom? 
Yeah, I th yeah, I think so, because she had a drafting table, and right. so I was always... When did you first realize that you loved it? We used to get, my mom used to get, you know, architectural digest, interior, interior right. design, and, you know, and, and I would spend hours, like, poring over these magazines and realizing that there was a whole world of design. Right. So what did it feel like when you found your passion and you didn't only find that you found all of these people around you, yeah. this community. Yeah, yeah. It felt really great. And, and I went to, went back, finished up my senior year in high school. And at this point then, Bob Fox and Bruce Fowler were partners and they they were moving into a, an office. And I was like, well, they like, you could be the office boy. So I left high school early and just became the office boy for them. Did you have in the back of your head that you were gonna eventually do what what you've done in your career? And no, it was clear. I, I, then I applied to architecture school. And I went, applied to the five-year program at Cornell and a five-year program at Syracuse. And Cornell, I got in. I'm like, okay, I'm going. It was sort of like, yeah. sounds good. Now you, you're dealing with 60 people who've self-selected that they want to study architecture intensively right. for five years. You're 18 years old. You're full of adrenaline and, and energy and it's competitive and it's camaraderie and it's it's everything. We were also really blessed by having this amazing professor from Switzerland named Toby Stokely, who's still alive. And he brought a whole humanist, European humanist approach to architecture. So all through architecture school, like the ambition was as soon as you could, you go work in Europe. Right. And, and you go look and you look at all the great modernist architecture and you absorb. And we spent a studio in Florence, like many architects do. And, you know, they give you a sketchbook and you go to the, this Michelangelo chapel for a week and draw everything by hand. And, you know, you spend, and you really start to observe. You went to live and work in Switzerland. Yes, exactly. So professors from Switzerland would come to Ithaca. Professors from Ithaca would come there, they'd teach. And so there was a professor in one of these things that I met. He goes, hey, when you're done, like, come look me up. I wrote him a letter and he goes, yeah, why don't you stop by? I'll be, I'll be in the office between, you know, um, after September 1st. So, you know, but then I just showed up at his doorstep and he goes, yeah, yeah, you can start, you know, start next week and um, we'll be ready for you. And I was like, that's it? He goes, yeah, yeah, that's it. So you just walked into his office he, he, yeah, and he, he said, all right, you're starting next week. Yes. And so basically, a lot of the architects there did that because they got these energetic young American kids who were really into it, could really draw. And, you know, architecture firms work on that sort of energy of the young and so forth. And it was, it was just an awesome experience. I spent about a year doing it. It was really fun. I probably should have stayed there longer, but then I came back to New York. I was always fascinated with the city and it was sort of mid 80s and New York was really on sort of an upswing. It felt like that was the center of where a lot of design was happening. How did you know this? There was all these New York firms really hitting their stride in the 80s in New York. And so I came and I, I think it was a very lucky thing. I applied to um, Todd Williams and Billy Sen. It's, they're actually doing the Obama library. <laughs> really? And like, you know, everybody wanted to work for them. So I went, walked in and they were like, and the receptionist was like, oh God, here's another one, you know? Right. And I think it was very, I didn't get the job. And I, I was like, okay, I'll go to the next one. And you know, you sort of pound the payment and somebody said, hey, there's this firm called Cyrus Coombs on the Upper West Side and they're looking for somebody. 
and they're really interesting. It's a husband and wife. And so I was like, great. So, you know, I, I went in, I, they were like, oh yeah, you'd be perfect for us. They were looking for somebody who was good timing. And they did high-end apartment renovations. And I really lucked out in that they got this great commission, renovate a whole floor on Park Avenue for a young uh, fashion designer named Vera Wong. Vera Wang, the little rich girl who grew into a big girl with a dream job. She was just really starting out. She worked at Vogue. It was like a 5,000 square, 6,000 square foot apartment, one whole floor. It was, I was the project architect, I was, so I worked directly with her. I always tell people my my office who work for me, if you can design a bathroom for somebody like Vera Wong, you can design a core like of an office building like we're sitting in. How did you get to become project manager? Well, it was great because it was a small firm. The associate who would probably have been the one to do it had just left. And they were like, well, Dan could do it. How did her uh, bathroom look in the end? It looked great. It was really, it was really awesome. I called up Bob Fox. I'm like, hey. What made you call him up? The reason I called him up, they had really taken off Bob Fox and Bruce Fowler. Fox and Fowler was 80s architects, and they really, really had taken off. And they were on a roll. They were 60 going to 100, and they were hiring like crazy. And I was like, great. Sounds good. So between 87 and 91, I was working there and I was working on some great projects and doing a lot of good stuff. And then what happened is they, Bob and Bruce got this great project. I became the project designer. I was a project right. designer and then became the project architect and really saw this thing through. It was a half a million square foot corporate headquarters office building, you know, had every, every element that you, you know, you need for, for a monumental office building. It had a a stone base, a curt wall. It had a very complex winter garden. This was like a big moment for you. It was a huge moment. It was great. But it, what it really allowed me to do is look at something from the beginning to the end. You know, we started out the, I remember doing the yellow sketches, the yellow trace, tracing paper sketches, starting, you know, the three different parties or, or, or arrangements on the site, all the way to the very end of the of the project. So what, what was the next step after that? So then what wonderful thing happened was think we were coming out of the recession of the 90s and New York really hit a great stride and um, Douglas Durst called up uh, Bob and Bruce and said hey I have a great project and you guys would be perfect for it and it turned out it was four times square <laughs> and four times square was huge four times square was unbelievable it also was an in real real solid introduction into the whole not introduction exploration and groundbreaking into the green building movement and the right. sustainability movement it really before you hear lead buildings out. It was really invented in, in a large degree at Four Times Square with right. a lot of people involved. So then the two partners start stopped getting along, Bob Fox and Bruce Fowl. They split up and I became a founding partner of FX Collaborative, or FX Fowl at the time, but FX Collaborative. But, um, so, you, so you founded your own with, company? With Bruce. With yeah. Bruce. And the other partner said, Dan, you need to be the senior partner with Bruce. And you guys don't just design buildings, you create communities. Correct. And what I, what I really think, we're sort of quiet about it, but what, what I think is really cool, I think about the great New York institutions and, and what FX Collaborative has had the impact on. I think of the Bronx Zoo, Center for Global Conservation, Lincoln Center, Times Square, the New York Times building, Fifth Avenue, Penn Station, 
Hudson Yards, downtown Brooklyn. You know, I can't even imagine, like, if you didn't go into architecture, we'd have a very different city. Yeah, that's a, I never thought of it that way. Do you look at the city and you just say, what would I want to change? Yeah, but I also, I do, I mean, I love the city. So I also go walk around and, and I have a deep appreciation for architectural history. You get that call from someone and they say, we want you to design this building. How is it still exciting each time? Yeah. You know, your 10th office building or your... So what I love about this profession is that it's always different. It's always different. Every project is different. We worked for the state of New York, the city of New York, the railroad, uh, the community board to establish all of the designs for, for Hudson Yards. You guys made the guidelines for, for, for Hudson Yards? In terms of where the buildings are, how the network works, how it's decked over and so forth over the rail yards, that was us. How does it feel to be on the 33rd floor of yeah. this building of One Willoughby Square that a few years ago was nothing? It's just awesome. I mean, that, that part's really deeply satisfying. What was the vision for this building? So this building, it's the first new office building in a generation in downtown Brooklyn. It's the tallest building, office building in, in, in Brooklyn. What is the ethos of the place I come back? What is, what is the DNA of, of Brooklyn? Why do people want to be here? And it's all about creativity. And it's all about the creative class and, and thinking a little differently. And what's unusual about where we're sitting is that there's light on four sides. You don't get that in an office building. Usually there's an office building is a floor, and in the middle of the floor is all the elevators, all the toilets. Here it's just open. It's all a platform for collaboration. You're not just saying that, like you put your money where your mouth is. You, you took three floors in this yeah, building. exactly. <laughs> Can we go take a look yeah. at your office? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's good. And so what we wanted to do was create a modern industrial loft. The top two floors are really where the big collaborative spaces right. are. So they're wide open, filled with architects and so forth. So we're out here on the terrace. Yes, this is it. So that's where your grill's gonna go. Yeah, the grill's gonna go over there. Okay. But, but more importantly, um, the I meetings. We're gonna have meetings, a place for someone to come out and Maybe some and parties. Yes, maybe. Some company gatherings. <laughs> If you're an architect, you know, and have a firm and you're working on the city to be able to sit out and look out on the city is an important thing. Right, it's you want to be able to see it. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Really enjoyed it. It was really nice. great.